Hello, dear friends. Thank you for listening again. And I can continue now of this book, Precious Vessels of the Holy Spirit. Elder Amphilochios of Patmos Councils. Okay. Let's put on some relaxing music. This music is Three Hours of Once Upon a Time in Paris by Eric Satie. My children, I don't want paradise without you. Whoever plants a tree plants hope, peace, and love and has the blessings of God. Consider all people to be greater than yourself, though they may have many weaknesses. Don't act with hardness, but always think that each person has the same destination as we do. Through the grace of God, I consider all people to be saintly and greater than myself. The spiritual life has great joys. You fly away and leave this world and don't take anything else into consideration. You become a child and God lives in your heart. Our country is covered with the ice of materialism and of atheism, and we are all called to take part in their defeat. Only when this ice dissipates will we be able to find and to enjoy once again that true earth which the apostolic plows cultivated, and which the blood of martyrs and the sweat of monastic saints watered. Only then will the noetic sun warm the Greek soil, which will immediately sprout forth flowers in bloom and will bear fruit as before to the glory of God. With the grace of God, man accomplishes his spiritual ascent, is transformed, becomes a different person, and fear leaves him. He doesn't fear death and regards this life, good though it may seem, as slavery. Wherever orthodox monasticism is absent, the church does not exist. Just as there cannot be a government without an army and a well-governed state without a national guard. The monastics guard the boundaries of our church and protect her from her enemies, who, 
in our contemporary materialistic age rush to mangle her like wolves. God sends some people to the monastery while others are sent by the devil. Those sent by God are sent to strengthen the monastery, while those sent by the devil are sent to dissolve it. In order to take pleasure in the joys of monasticism and of the spiritual life, with all the powers of your soul, you must cultivate prayer, patience, and silence. Without prayer, it is not easy to be patient, nor to be silent. With the grace of God, I applied these things in my life. In this way, Christ inhabits our heart. I do nothing but sow the seeds of monasticism and of mission, though without a strategy. I pray that God will reveal the appropriate farmer to scientifically cultivate whatever I have sown, as I don't have knowledge of the art of spiritual cultivation. I see that God has now chosen Patmos as an appropriate place for a spiritual airport. Distressed voices are heard from the depths of Africa that ask us for the light of Christ and for guides, so that they might also walk the holy road of Golgotha. We don't have the right to turn a deaf ear. We are ob- ob- excuse me, we are obliged to open our hand to those exhausted brethren as well, as they are so far from the Orthodox Church. So, forward, fire up the spiritual factory of atomic energy. Throughout Greece, there must be hospitals for sinners where they can stay for two or three months according to their psychological ailments. Once they have acquired Christian experiences, they would return to their work with the good habits of those spiritual establishments. I am like the old tree in whose shade the meek sheep of Christ gather during the hot days of summer and in whose branches the small birds gather. All ask that the old pine tree might live so that they have their joy. However, slowly, slowly its roots rot and the heavy winter will come, when a strong wind will knock him down and he will become wood for the fire. Now, However, the pine tree makes glad the sheep and birds that gather in the desert. The priest's cassock 
is the flag of the church of our Christ. For this reason, we must try hard to honor it. We who wear it with a holy life, so that those who don't wear it will honor and respect it. Worldly people tire me, for whatever they have stored within them comes upon me like electric currents. The words of preachers today have the effect of throwing turpentine on a fire. The poor and unlettered laity have been abandoned and now don't listen. They need to see good works and lives. <laughs> Excuse me. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm thinking of something else. <laughs> Excuse me. The words of preachers today have the effect of throwing turpentine on a fire. <laughs> the poor and unlettered laity, laity have been abandoned and now don't listen. They need to see good works and lives of Christian love. They need to feel that their brother is co-suffering in their pain. Only through love for them and through philanthropic works will we manage to bring our brethren back close to Christ. The egotistic person doesn't attract anyone. And if someone is attracted, that person will soon distance himself. The spiritual bond becomes indissoluble only when it meets a childlike spirit of innocence and holiness. When man partakes of Holy Communion, he receives power and is enlightened. His horizons widen and he feels joy. Each person experiences something different, analogous to his disposition and the flame of his soul. One person feels joy and rest, another peace, another a spirit of devotion, and another an inexpressible sympathy towards all things. Personally, I have often felt tired, but after Holy Communion, I felt myself completely renewed. Brother, forget your sins. Our Christ has blotted them out from the book of life. In the hour in which we are tempted, we must be patient and pray. Temptation is a clever craftsman. He is able to make small things loom large. Temptation disquiets, saddens, and creates external battles. He knows many arts. 
He brings man to doubt. For this reason, we have many shipwrecks. When we are beset by temptations, that's when the grace of God comes. When one undergoes temptation, he recognizes his weakness, is humbled, and, attra- and attracts the grace of God. Don't let the winds of temptation affect you. They can't do you any harm. Allow your soul to accept with simplicity the treasure offered in the holy texts of the Neptic Fathers of our Church and try to guard it with the virtue of humility. When your study is accompanied by holy fear, you will sense divine grace. Spiritual battles must bear the stamp of honest love and humility. Only he who bears this stamp doesn't notice the difficulties of this life, nor the villainy of Satan, nor the animosity that his minions show. Spiritual cultivation can take place only in the soil of the heart, for within it, One can plant and sow spiritual seed. Then the rain of the energy of the Holy Spirit comes and brings forth fruit, which will be kept in two accounts, firstly in heaven, and then in the earthly account for the poor and for those who hunger spiritually. When our heart has no love for Christ, we are like ships that have no fuel no gas in their engines. We must always remember Christ with love. Then our soul will leap for joy. Love Christ. Have humility, prayer, and patience. These are the four points of your spiritual compass. May the magnetic needle Be your youthful Christian heart. When someone opens your heart, I'd like him to find nothing there but Christ. I ask you to put this order into practice. As much as you can, try to cultivate your love toward Christ's own person. You must reach the point that whenever you mention his name, Tears run from your eyes. Your hearts must be truly ablaze. Then he will be your teacher, your guide, your brother, your father, your elder. Pay no attention to things earthly and passing. Be concerned about the union of your soul with God. My child, the father confessor must cry. He must grieve even more than the person who comes for confession in order to relieve him. (coughs) Excuse me. Your grief must be sincere because the soul understands. You should be joyful. Jesus holds a sculptor's chisel in his hands. He wants to make you into a statue for the heavenly palace. 
The Jesus prayer is the foundation of perfection. There is no other way to purification and sanctification except through the Jesus prayer. This prayer has filled paradise with holy men and women. Once you have cultivated the Jesus prayer, you will become children of the palace. You will know the king's language and the ways of true royalty. I point out the things I must, but you will profit more when, rather than my saying many words, you yourself shed two or three tears before Christ. Man is not guilty, my child. Unfortunately, hiding underneath man's weaknesses is that hater of the good, the archenemy of God's will, the devil. The person who doesn't have Christ sees all things as difficult and dark. Love the one so that all will love you. Not only humans will love you, but also the mindless animals. Because when divine grace appears, it electrifies and magnetizes whatever it finds in front of it. However, not only will they love you, they will also honor you. For in your person will be fashioned the pure virginal face of him whom you love and worship. My child, may heavenly love always fill your heart and flood it with only lofty and divine desires. Then you will relish the divine whispers of your adored bridegroom who delights in conversation with you. When your heart is his throne, you must keep your heart as a constant white and holy tabernacle. I was born to love people. It doesn't concern me if he is a Turk, black, or white. I see in the face of each person the image of God. And for this image of God, I am willing to sacrifice everything. Prayer offered with diligence, vigilance, piety, faith, compunction, and care is good and beneficial. The devil, in a variety of ways, fights those who pray, while those who don't pray, he loves. Man speaks to God through prayer and seeks those things that are good and salvific. The one who prays needs to be humble. Prayer has filled heaven with so many holy people. There is no other way of purification and sanctification apart from noetic prayer. The Psalms are good and generally all ecclesiastical hypnography. We use them, though, to attract and touch the world. 
We monastics, however, must speak to the king mystically. Those who chant are like those people who are outside the palace of the king and sing various songs so as to show their enthusiasm. The king is certainly pleased with these songs, as they are sung in his honor. However, he is more attentive to the mystics of his court, those who speak into his ear. Prayer without love is like a bird that seems good and beautiful, but as it has no wings, can't fly. I want to establish nations of prayer throughout our islands. I want to hear within you the voice of the Lord, for the Lord to speak from your hearts. Through prayer, become thrones of the Lord. When I sit on a high rock of prayer, I am not affected, though many waves may come. However, when they find me on low rocks, they wash over me. Noetic prayer assimilates, binds together, and sanctifies. When the conflagration of prayer is lit in the soul, all dryness is burnt up and disappears. When prayer begins, you feel joy then sweetness, and finally, as a fruit, come tears, for you feel the presence of Jesus. With the prayer, man becomes like a child. It brings him back to the simplicity and innocence that Adam had in paradise before the fall. With the prayer, one acquires blessed holy dispassion. Through the prayer, you sanctify the place you are sitting and the work you are doing. Prayer arranges all things. It enables you to walk on water. It eliminates distances between you and others. It changes the will of others. It gives courage, faith, and patience in life. Sweeten your thoughts with good thoughts of comfort and hope. Inflame your words with the warmth of love for your bridegroom and bring to remembrance his sufferings which he suffered for you. And thus you will remain stable, devoted, and humble. We must love Christ. This is necessary for the love of our soul. We also need to love God's creation, animals, trees, flowers, birds, and above all, the most perfect of God's creation, man. Loneliness is a conversation with God and with those spirits that approach us with love and tenderness. I will never exchange the dry and dark rocks of Patmos for the flower-lined gardens 
of Athens. People in the city are without a holy covering. They look at the pretty flowers and beautiful country houses without their hearts giving thanks to God who has filled us with so many beautiful things. On the other hand, in a deserted place, even the ugliest spot and worst-sounding bird makes you sense God's nearness to you. He who is near God is most fortunate, though he might live on a rock. Often when someone throws a rock at a dog, rather than rushing at the person who threw the stone, the dog will run and bite the stone. We do the same thing. The tempter uses someone else to tempt us, either in word or deed. And rather than deal with the tempter who threw the stone, we bite the rock, our fellow man, that the hater of the good used against us. He who is without love cannot be called a Christian, lest we mock Christianity. Always be attentive, pray and study, so as to cultivate your souls and scale the heights. The church and our society are waiting for you. And that last part really reminded me of something that I'm going through now. And it was a bit of a correction. So it was apropos. Very appropriate for what I'm going through now. Very relevant. This book is a very relevant work that I am... uh, I've been blessed to have been given by a friend suggested the next the next uh, and thank you so much my friend for suggesting it to me (laughs) may you and your family be blessed Um, the next section is Elder Amphilokios of Patmos Oh, no, I'm sorry. That's, those are the end notes. No, 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 no. The phronema. Oh, okay, good. Phronema is a Greek word denoting the proper spirit understanding of those in the Orthodox Church. Proper phronema is a natural result of a life lived truly in the church. That's good to know. I didn't know that word. So it's good to have the end notes. The end notes give... Um, this is a good book. The end notes give a lot of definitions... For words like neptic, the adjective form of the Greek word nepsis, which is translated variously as watchfulness or sobriety in the spiritual life, and which expresses both of these words. The ascetic practice of nepsis involves the training of one's mind to be continuously attentive to the movement of thoughts that attempt to enter it and thereby to distract it from prayer. For more discussion, see glossary heading Neptic. Oh, 
Yes, the Jesus prayer is a solution for that. Elder Amphilochios of Patmos, soon after his ordination to the diaconate on the 27th of January, 1919. He's a handsome young man with, of course, black hair, long beard, and robed in all black, as is as are the Orthodox priests' hood clothed. Elder Amphilochios of Patmos. <laughs> okay. The elder was a spiritual father and guide to a host of spiritual strugglers, many of whom were women monastics. with Orthodox students from Uganda. These are photographs that are in the book. So if you get the book, Precious Vessels of the Holy Spirit, you'll see them. Okay, the next section is Chapter 5, Elder Epiphanios. Elder Epiphanios. Okay, thank you for listening. God bless you and good night.